Warning. Oh, wait, I have to actually, like, remember, like, what I'm supposed to say. Uh, <laughs> Warning. I don't remember what goes in this. Insert warning. warning Matt. <laughs> Insert warning here. Warning. Some things that you may hear in this episode can be disturbing. Please, viewer discretion is advised. I'm scared. Let's see what mail I have today. Junk mail, junk mail, credit card scam, people ask me to finally pay my taxes. <laughs> like that's ever gonna happen. Ooh, what's this? To Mr. Matthew Ruckstar. It must be important. Let's see what it says. Dear Mr. Ruckstar, I have been watching you for a while now. It was my father's job to watch you, and my father's father's job to watch you as well. And I am now the third in line to watch your reawakening. Your halls will run red with the young blood. Don't check your basement or else you will find unsettling things. I will be everywhere you look. And when you least expect it, I will arrive. Sincerely, The Watcher. AKA, your future murderer. Great. Now I have the Jehovah's Witnesses coming after me too. Aloha, everybody. My name is Matt, and welcome to Cold Case Chase, a show where I recount unsolved and cold cases to my friend Shane. Say hello, Shane. Hello. <laughs> Dope. Love that. <laughs> Love that. That is a great way to start out um, episode, what is this, three or four? Of, I think it's three. Yes. Of I think it's three as well. Yes. Hello, hello um, I'm Shane. On, that threw me off a little bit. So on today's episode, <laughs> we'll be covering the Watcher of Six Five Seven Bull. You know what? We're going to New Jersey today. We are, <laughs> we expected this to be in the pits, but I guess it was in the belches as well. Um, we're going to New Jersey today to learn about the Watcher of Six Five Seven Boulevard, a case where no one was killed, but it still gives you the heebie-jeebies whenever you uh, open up your mail. Yeah. So um. Have you ever gotten a hate letter or a death threat chain, like through the mail or through like a, a DM of sorts? Through the mail, no. Um, I've gotten some concerning phone calls, but you know, <laughs> I'm still around for now, so we're good. What about yeah. you? When I was 15, um, this scammer said that if I didn't send him $200. He was going to send his cousin who was in the mafia after me. Hmm. I'd never sent him the money, but I cried to my grandmother about it and <laughs> I never got killed. So yeah, yeah. Oh, well. I'm, I'm still here to tell the tale. Yep. Oh my gosh. He's behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive right into this case. Six five seven Westfield Boulevard. This house was built in 1905, and after eight years, the mayor, who was in ownership of the house of Westfield, bought the house for one dollar in 1913. After 34 years, oh yeah, could you imagine buying it for a dollar, man? 
I mean, in today's market, that'd go for at least seven. Yeah, exactly. Right. Well, it's like a giant house too. Like I, I think I have the schematics in here somewhere, but it's a pretty big house. Like it's a million dollar home. So he bought the house for $1 in 1913. After 34 years of ownership, the mayor sold the house at 657 Westfield Boulevard to his son for $1 in mm. 1947. They would sell the house again to a family friend only a few years later in 1951 for $1. That couple would be short-lived and sell the house two years later for $1. And that couple would sell the house in 1955 to another couple for, can you guess it? One dollar. One dollar. Now, let's fast forward to 2014. <laughs> a great year. I had just graduated from eighth grade at that point in my life. Nice. nice. I was I entering was, high school. I was, 2014, I would have been like seven years out of high school. Ooh, yeah. I'm almost coming up on that. I recently like so we just had graduation right across the street at the high school, and I like looked at the year and went, "Oh man, it's been quite a few years since I graduated." Oh man, it's been quite a few years since I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just point I had that like, hit. Yeah, there's like a point now in my life where like some of the people I went to school with have like passed away and it's just oh. like that hits you like holy crap I could just die and, like that just happens and yeah it's a little it's a little concerning at times <laughs> Shane you can't pass away on me right now at least I'll, you I'll still try. have a, you still have a contract that says at least two more seasons of case yeah. closed <laughs> you know what if I do die just to have I'll just have Layla channel me into an episode of case of the chills Oh, sick. So it's yeah. basically like, yeah, I got it. Okay. I can, I can. <laughs> All right. So fulfill the contract even through death. Got it. Yes. Yes. Just turn on the fan for the white noise and you'll hear me. You'll hear me speaking on the recording. <laughs> so let's fast forward to 2014. Derek and Maria Bratis purchased the house and they were planning on moving in with their three children. After they renovated a few things in the house. Or sorry. They were planning on moving in with their three children after they renovated a few things in the house. Did they buy it for a dollar in 2014? No. I okay. think they bought it for like a million dollars. Oh, one million dollars. Yeah. So instead of one, just add the million at the end. <laughs> However, only three days after buying the home, Derek found a letter in the mailbox that would forever change their life. It read as follows. Gotta get my spooky voice on. <laughs> scary. Spooky scary. Dearest new neighbor at 657 Boulevard. Allow me to welcome you to the neighborhood. How did you end up here? Did 657 Boulevard call you with its force within? 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have been put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. My grandfather watched the house in the 1920s, and my father watched the house in the 1960s. 
it is now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. You have children. I have seen them. So far, I think there are three that I have counted. Do you need to fill the house with the young blood that I have requested? Better for me, was your old house too small for the growing family, or was it greed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call them and draw them to me. There are hundreds and hundreds of cars that drive by 657 Boulevard each day. Maybe I am in one of them. Look at all the windows you can see from 657 Boulevard. Maybe I am in one. Look out any of the many windows in 657 Boulevard at all the people who stroll by each day. Maybe I am one. The Watcher. Yeah, that's... I'd buy a new house. I'd sell that for a dollar and get the hell out of there. <laughs> yeah. Dude, <laughs> when I was doing research on this case, I had to sit back and think, all right, I'm a father at this point, okay? I'm not actually a father, all, all you listeners. I'm just putting myself into Derek's shoes. All right, if I'm Derek, I'm a father, sitting there, I read this letter, I have two thoughts. Well, this is either a, a scam or I need to get my kids out of the house. Yeah. If it's just a one-time thing, maybe it's a scam. If it's a, if it's a multiple occasion type of thing, I need to get these kids out of this house right now. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember this happening. I, I vaguely remember like the report on, on this and just being like, oh, that's weird. But I don't, think, I, don't, I don't think I ever like read the letter, the contents of the letter. It's and that's nuts. That's it's so creepy, man. I know, I know. I can imagine like standing at my mailbox reading that, and then just like looking around and being like, "Nope, no thanks." So, just real quick, just to give you some context, um, I'm about a three-hour drive from Westfield, New Jersey. Ooh, conceivably, just conceivably. This person hears the podcast. This watcher person. They don't like something I have to say. They figure out everything about me. They start stalking me. I'm dead tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they, um, you know, come to collect the $200 that you didn't pay them back in, back in the day, and then... Back in 2014. <laughs> <laughs> um... I'm a 40-hour drive from Westfield, so I'm a little safer. Uh, a little bit safer. Um, <laughs> so, so you're a father as well as a, as a husband. Mm -hmm. You get this letter in your mail. What's, what's going through your head? Uh, well, I call the cops for sure. Um, mm -hmm. And then I'm like positioning a gun in every location, like one in every room of the house. And, yeah. And... Uh, like 
deadbolts on my doors and uh curtains drawn obviously yep and then i'm sitting down with my wife and having a serious conversation about how, like how badly do we want to live in this house because <laughs> uh <laughs> a do we call well, the bluff we- like is this a bluff or a prank and are we just going to call it or b is this like you know some serious psychopath that uh we have stumbled into and we just need to get the hell out of here well, you're not too far off from what the Broadduses actually did, minus all the guns. Um, <laughs> after the letter, the Broadduses reached out to the previous owners, John and Andrea Woods. Uh, when they asked about the letter, uh, they revealed that they had gotten a similar letter like that once. Uh, they both said that they always felt safe throughout the 23 years that they had lived there, and they had rever- rarely ever locked their doors. Uh, they threw the note out and never gave it a second thought. So the Woodses and the Broadduses went to the police together to report the incident, and they were instructed not to tell anybody uh, about the letters because now everybody's a suspect, basically. Right. So I don't know about you. I live in a very, very safe neighborhood, probably the safest neighborhood in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Um, I never, like, I don't lock my door ever. Like, personally, I, I never yeah. do. Um, unless I'm down in, like, the shady parts of town, like, in Hartford, I never lock my doors. Um, this is not an invitation for people to rob me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no Please idea. don't. Um, I will sometimes. Like, sometimes I do lock my door. But it's, it's never, like, a conscious thing that I'm like, oh, I need to lock my door. Mm-hmm. So, like... I very heavily relate with, like, the Woodses, because I'm like, yeah, I always feel safe. Like, nobody's going to come kill me. But one thing happens, and then you know you're going to be like, uh-oh. Should have locked my door. Should have locked my door. <laughs> so we were saying earlier that um, if this was, like, a one-time thing, if this is, like, a bluff, you know, we can stay in the house. Well, two weeks later, a second letter came in. And it's uh, about just as long, so uh, let me go ahead and read this one to you. Buckle up. Buttercups. <laughs> Had to go leaper. <laughs> it's just ingrained in my brain Right, now. right. You gotta do it like that. Buckle up, buttercups. Like one very serious, like, blood dripping down leaper's <laughs> face. Buckle up, buttercups, because this ride's about to get a little bit bumpy. <laughs> anyway anyway go listen to Zodiac Task Force after this yeah go listen to every single episode twice three times cause that's the charm are you challenging me cause I could say four times and I could say five (laughs) well I'm gonna go six and I'm gonna say seven you reorganize those, we get six, five, seven. I win back into the story. Well, that's, oh, wow. I like that transition. I don't know any numbers higher than seven anyway, so you win. I forgot any numbers, honestly. <laughs> I just was guessing at this point. Welcome again to your new home at 657 Boulevard. 657 Boulevard is anxious for you to move in. It has been years and years since the young blood ruled the hallways of the house. Have you found all the secrets that it holds yet? 
Will the young blood play in the basement? Are they... Are they too afraid to go down there alone? I would be very afraid if I were them. It is far from the rest of the house. If you were upstairs, you would never hear them scream. Will they sleep in the attic? Or will you all sleep on the second floor? Who has the bedrooms facing the street? I'll know as soon as you move in. It would help me to know who is in which bedroom. Then, I can plan better. All of the windows and doors in 657 Boulevard allow me to watch you and track you as you move through the house. Who am I? I am the Watcher. And I have been in control of 657 Boulevard for the better part of two decades now. The Woods family turned it over to you. It was their time to move on and kindly sold it when I asked them to. I pass by many times a day. 657 Boulevard is my job, my life, my obsession. And now, you are too, Broadus family. Welcome to the product of your greed. Greed is what brought me the past three families of 657 Boulevard. And now, it has brought me you. Have a happy moving in day. You know I will be watching. The Watcher. Were these letters sent via, like, the mail, or were they just dropped in the mailbox? So, from the research that I have, like, kind of concluded, there were no stamps on any of them. Okay. So, it could be from the mail, or... Because I know even, like, mail carriers, they still, like, go to the address, even if there isn't a stamp on it. If it's in their bag, they go there. Mm Mm-hmm. But it could have just been put in the mailbox, but I assume at some point you just put cameras up? Like, Yeah. Yeah. At, w- at what point... At what point do you put cameras up? After the first letter or the second one? Uh, probably the first one for me. Me too. I put, it, I put them up before, or like, as soon as I get that first one, I'm like, alright. I'm just gonna put a camera inside of my mailbox. <laughs> Because then I'm catching everybody who goes in there. Yeah. Yeah. So, some things in this letter were left out because it reveals the children's names as well as nicknames as well. Um, at one point in the letter, it reportedly asks about one of the children's painting, and it goes on to ask... Is she the artist in the family? So, he's not only knowing... He's not only close enough to hear the names of the children, he's also close enough to hear the nicknames of the children. Mm-hmm. As well as, like, he's there long enough to see one of the children painting and go, oh, she's an artist. Okay. And mention that in the letter. Go, is she the artist of the family? Oh. Yeah. Oh, stalking is so weird. 
So weird. Like, did he bug the house, maybe? That could be a possibility. I, I didn't put that in my theories, but I did think about that as I was writing it. Yeah. Um, however, a lot of people seem to think that this is a very, very old person. Yeah, it sounds um, like it. Because if you've yeah. been watching the house for three families, the better the last part of one, yeah, the last one was there for twenty three years. Then, yeah. Well, that's that's when something doesn't start to make sense. Because if they were there for twenty three years and he's been watching for the better part of two decades, yeah. We're poking holes in the watcher right now, yeah. you guys. Yeah. Um. So after this letter, Derek and Maria did what any sensible couple would do, and they stopped bringing their children to the house as well as they put a hold on moving in. Um, several weeks later, a third letter came in. It was very brief, and it only said the following. Where have you gone to? 657 Boulevard is missing you. So that's not creepy at all. No, no, no. Um, no, I just no, move no, right no. back in. Obviously, the house misses them. So, yeah. So it has to. You have to bring everybody back in. You know, mm-hmm. what? get a few dogs too. You know. Yep. Chihuahuas, obviously. Um, by by the end of that year, there were still no leads, no DNA, no eyewitnesses, nothing. Derek and Maria were starting to become very stressed, both experiencing depression of different forms and Maria even began to start dealing with PTSD and paranoia only six months later they would agree to sell the house however it wasn't selling due to the rumors that were circling around about it there would be a lawsuit as well Uh, the Broaddus family sued the Woodses for not telling them about the threatening letter that they got uh, and the case gained national attention, so selling the house was even less of an option now. Mm-hmm. So the Broadduses went to a developer who was interested in splitting the house in two, uh, basically making two separate houses. However, it was shut down because the houses would just barely be three feet too small for the mandated size of the neighborhood. <laughs> The the Broadduses appealed the hearing, but they were unanimously rejected. In a bout of rage and sadness as well, Maria would be quoted as saying the following. This is my town. I grew up here. I came back. I chose to raise my kids here. You know what we've been through. You had the ability, two and a half years into a nightmare, to make it a little better. And you have decided that this house is more important than we are. Very strong quote, honestly. Yeah, it's powerful and it's true, too. I mean, geez, three feet. Like, come on, man. One of my favorite all-time videos on the entire internet um, is... It's from a football game. I don't remember which football game, but the announcer goes... Ah, oh, just two inches short. Ah, oh, story of my life, huh? <laughs> <laughs> don't don't know why I like that one. <laughs> um, so it's a very very powerful quote from her, um, because it almost seems like the town is kind of turning against her, and we've covered this a few times. Like, 
weird cultish like towns kind of like um the Ketty cabin where like right. nobody really talks about it or there was another one that we covered in season two um that was very similar to that one as well i can't think of it but i can't really think of it right now but um a small note to add to that as well not too long after the broadest house reje- rejection so because they were three f- feet too short a different house in the same neighborhood was torn down to make two separate houses. However, the house that did get torn down and rebuilt into two houses required a much bigger exception than three feet. I think when I read it, it was 15 feet. Jeez. Yeah. Maybe, maybe one of them's the watcher. Maybe one, maybe. Of, the council, maybe one of the council members is the watcher. Maybe they're Ooh. all the watcher, hot fuzz style. Or the whole, like, the whole city council's in on it. For the greater good. For the greater good. (laughs) In 2016, the Broadus family found another family to rent the home. The family who was renting the house had a clause that if another letter arrived, they could break the lease. And guess what arrived two weeks later? Oh, jeez. Another letter. This one's a bit more aggressive, so be very, uh enthralled by this opening to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife Maria he came in spicy spicy I just imagine the words like slashed into the paper going with wench too yeah old school old school (laughs) when was the last time you called somebody a wench unironically Uh, probably never (laughs) <laughs> my grandma can only hear it so many times no I'm joking <laughs> <laughs> to the vile and spiteful Derek and his wench of a wife Maria 657 Boulevard survived your attempted assault and stood strong with its army of supporters barricading its gates my soldiers of the Boulevard followed my orders to a T they carried out their mission and saved the soul of 657 Boulevard with my orders Oh, hail the Watcher. Maybe a car accident. (laughs) Maybe a fire. Maybe something as simple as a mild illness that never seems to go away, but makes you fell sick day after day after day after day. Maybe the mysterious death of a pet. Loving ones suddenly die. Planes and cars and bicycles crash. Bones break. You are despised by the house. And the Watcher won. He goes all over with this letter, right? Yeah, and I mean... I, I had just said that. They're all under his... Like, it's all... They're all the Watcher, man. That's... Exactly. Jeez. I, I think the thing about this letter that really gets me is the umbrella of things that he says are all his doing. Right. Like, right. You know, I know. Run out of. Like, I can see. The only the only thing he said that I could be like, well, is the plane crash. Like, I don't know if he's got the power to make the plane crash. I don't know if he does. Maybe he does, though, but. He, I, he's probably got the power to make a car crash and a bike crash and bones break and 
That is true. He does. Pads. I think we're buying a bit too much into the villain that is the Watcher. Uh, I know. I know. Um, I think the one that gets me is um the the last little bit the maybe the mysterious death of a pet um and the bicycle crash one really get me those two really get me because it's like those were very very oddly specific yeah like like i can understand like all planes and cars Mm -hmm. but a bike like what if it's not even your bike yeah like what if it's just some random bicyclist are you gonna be like the watcher oh no right right like and I think <laughs> the whole game is just to get it so in, so far inside their head that like they don't trust anybody. And do you think this was? Do you think this was the short version? And he had more on there. Like, oh, your light bulb went out. That's right. the watcher. Right. <laughs> oh, you ran out of cheese sticks. Watcher. God, I would probably become like obsessed and like just stand in the, the top of my house with binoculars, like, looking all over, like, trying to find someone looking back. Oh, yeah. Well. I'd probably start cataloging all the cars that went by during the day and, like, trying yeah. to narrow down, like, I don't know, man. I, it's crazy. Yeah. Well, let's let's continue. Uh, I only have a few more sentences left until we get into suspects. So, um, after this letter, the renters did end up agreeing to stay as long as more cameras were put around the house, and this nightmare would slowly egg on until now, which means the case is still ongoing. Jeez, this is the, one of the scariest parts about this case is that it is still ongoing. And, like, the last, or the biggest thing that's happened in this case, like, recently was, like, six years ago. Right. And it's not, like, a serial killer that we can be like, oh, the 1980s. Or, oh, the 1930s. Like, oh, that's a while ago. Like, Mm -hmm. um... Nope, this is happening. This is still still here. Yeah. Like, how would you... So, let's... I just feel like some... laying in bed at night just about to fall asleep and then the thought of somebody just watching my house would like just be like nope i'm not falling asleep for another half hour or so just go check on my kids go check on everything i've said this before and i will continue to say it one of my biggest fears is that i will look like straight out of a window (laughs) and i will see another person just there and i'm like oh hi um You're there. Yeah. Especially because, like, my window, I live on, I live in the second story of a house. If I look out my window and somebody's standing there. Uh, yeah. Nope. Yeah. Uh-uh. Not me. Thank you. But yeah. bye. You're a ghost. I know it. Yeah. Yeah. Growing up, my parents' house, the uh, bathroom, so you'd go down the stairs, then you had to go all the way across the house to get to the bathroom, and there's just, like, windows all along the house. And so it was always like you get to the bottom of the stairs and then you sprint to the bathroom so you don't see anybody like staring at you in the window and you sprint back to the stairs. And it was like this ongoing joke with my friends because they would always do the same thing. It was like, nope, it's dark, it's creepy. There's going to be somebody in the bushes just looking in the window at you. I'm going to go stalk your parents' house so that one (laughs) night I can just stare into the one of those windows while your dad goes down to take a leak. Just... (laughs) It's like, hey, 
<laughs> I do a show with your son. <laughs> please, please get off my property. Yeah. No, I need somewhere to stay yeah. tonight. I'm the watcher. I watch your house. No, you don't. <laughs> well, let's get into our suspects. All right. <coughs> After a brief word from our coughs. Mm-hmm. My first suspect is old man Jenkins. Yeah. You're not too far off with that. <laughs> our first suspect today is Michael Langford. Langford was a very odd man, to say the least. He loved to spook new neighbors, uh, and some of his tricks included walking onto their property and staring into their windows. <laughs> I feel like we say. just I feel like we just talked about this, you know? Watching um, their house. Exactly. Um, a few other small infractions to make neighbors very wary of him as well are included in there. Langford lived in uh, the house right next door, along with his 90-year-old mother and a few of his siblings were all, who were all in their 60s. Um, speaking of 60s, that's, where the Langford family, uh, that's when the Langford family bought the house that they are currently living in, so the house right next to 657. Um, coincidentally, that is also uh, when the watcher claimed that his father watched the house. Just a coincidence. Yeah. Uh, another coincidence that pops up is the fact that Michael Lankford's father died 12 years before the first letter to the Broadus family was received. Uh, this could connect to the Watcher when he was saying that uh, he's been watching the house for the better part of two decades. Right. Police questioned Lankford, but he denied everything, which, I mean... Right. Yeah, obviously you are. Um, some other neighbors also vouched for him, saying that he... That he couldn't write the letters because he just wasn't, he lacked the intelligence to do it. Um, but I don't buy that at all. I mean, Ted Bundy <laughs> faked being injured for half of his life, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was still a killer. Um, there was a test done later on one of the envelopes of the letter which showed dna evidence of a woman actually and not a man oh uh this made police uh suspect langford's sister abby but the dna wasn't a match um all of this goose chasing finally came to an end when prosecutors told the proudest family that the langford family was cleared basically mm -hmm. um one thing that i would like to say with that is they could be just covering. I mean, like we were saying earlier, if this is a situation where the entire town's in on it, even the police, maybe? It could just be like, a, oh, he's not it. He's not smart enough. He yeah. could never do that. Yep. Oh, it wasn't a DNA match. We threw it out. We threw the bones away. We threw the bones <laughs> away like, like Amelia Earhart. And as well as the East Woman. <laughs> we threw the bones of nobody away. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I personally, Michael's looking pretty sus, but we have two more that I've kind of lumped into one. All right. So, <laughs> our second group of suspects is Derek and Maria Broadus themselves. Ooh. <gasps> Scandalous. 
Some people in the neighborhood accused the Broaddus family of getting in over their head with the $1.3 million home. This could have been made, uh, this could have made the Broaddus family turn to desperate measures. Why would you keep renovating the house, even after somebody threatened to steal your children and watch you? Mm -hmm. Why would you? Eventually, movie studios also began courting them and right. trying to get the rights to the story. That could also be motivation as well. One more piece of evidence I'd like to bring up is the Christmas after the splitting of the house incident. Some families in the neighborhood received a letter in the mail from, quote-unquote, friends of the Broaddus family. These letters were just aggressive pleas and accusations from none other than Derek Broaddus. Dun-dun-dun. Matt, can you add the sound effect? In? <laughs> um, Derek would claim that these letters were just kind of built up on years of mental trauma, and the community seemed to turn on him. He says that these are the only anonymous letters that he would ever write, um, but, I mean, I would say that too, right. if I was trying to be sneaky about it. Right. However, to cast doubt on the Broaddus family, there was another letter sent to another house on that same block, but the owners of the house just threw the, the letter away. So, it's fairly thin that the Broaddus family was behind the whole scheme, but it's still odd that they would continue to renovate and bring their children to the house, even when they're receiving these letters. Yeah. So, yeah. those are our suspects. Shane, who who are you uh, kind of leaning towards? I know for me, I'm leaning a little bit more towards Michael Langford. But I, I want to see. I didn't even suspect the Broaddus family until you brought it up. But it does make a lot of sense. Um, because yeah, like in that position, like. <sighs> I guess it's tough though too because it's like you got your pride and and you don't want to just run away from it because somebody sent you a scary letter but also when it gets more aggressive and more specific that's when I'm like alright we gotta get the hell out of here um I don't I don't see myself like comfortably staying there so I'm leaning more towards the Broaddus family as as maybe kind of trying to get an easier way out and yeah yeah well if it's any consolation i'm pretty sure blumhouse has the rights to the story right now so they'll make a pretty crappy b movie out of it yeah yeah and they'll make you think whoever they want you to think is the is the suspect yeah well, like I said before, this case is still ongoing, so it is completely possible that this case could be solved, or not. Yeah, there could be another uh, maybe you, someday. Yeah, we could do a part two, eventually. Um, with very little to no suspects at this point, it's seemingly not likely that it's going to be solved anytime soon. Um, and we'll probably come back to this case eventually. Eventually. If there's another letter or something else pops up. But um that's that's the story, Shane, what do you think? 
I liked it. It was eerie, and it was uh, it was good. I I hope they figure out who's doing it. But I think what would- that I, I like this as kind of a I don't want to say a, a break from murders, but it's kind of what it is, and it kind of goes in the direction of just eerie creepiness. <laughs> Yeah. And, um, One thing I enjoyed about this, and that's a very weird term to use during something like this, <laughs> is that nobody died. There was yeah. no death, no, like, just a lot of threatening. Yeah, it's but very, like, no uh, death. Yeah, very psychological thriller of a case. And, like, it's, it's kind of fun and kind of scary to put yourself in that position and just, like, what the heck would you do? Yeah. It's, what do you think is the creepiest part about like the letters? Cause I know like he mentions a lot, like the children. I think that would be my like creepiest part, especially when he, the letter where he mentions the nicknames and mm-hmm. like the one girl who is an artist, like, Oh, that's creepy. I didn't like that at all. I mean, was there a specific part of one of the letters where you were just like, Nope, this is not okay. <laughs> I think the part where it was talking about the the halls being ruled by young blood that was that was very eerie it, it sounded very occult and like ritualistic and like telling him no have they played in the basement because nobody can hear nobody would hear them scream and oh, also yeah. the part where he's like oh if i'm gonna or i guess she if with based on the dna uh when i learn their names i'm going to be calling them to me like that like, nope you guys are never playing outside without me like nope um, right, especially as a dad that has to be like mm-hmm. you have to get like uh oh you guys you guys you, you're gonna hug the kids real tight tonight <laughs> and and that you know going back to the the suspects it makes a little sense too because I guess, although if it's the neighbor, because knowing the nicknames, being close enough to know that she's a painter, like, I guess both of them could possibly know that. So it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, at least for me, I do. I I lean towards Langford a lot because he's right there. Mm-hmm. The coincidences are adding up a bit too much. Mm-hmm. So it's like. Like one, one is a coincidence. Two is like a, okay, that's weird. Three is yeah. like, all right, this isn't a coincidence. Yeah, and the fact that he likes to stand in people's yards and look in their windows doesn't bode well for him. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Well, if you have thoughts on this case, please go to the Raving Lunatic Dean's uh, Cord server. Go to the Raving Lunatic Discord server. And type out your thoughts. Tell us who you think it was. Is it Langford? Is it the Broadus family? Is it somebody else that maybe we didn't even talk about? Was it the Woodses all along? Ooh. Um. But other than that, we have some awesome shows on Raving Lunatic Media that you should definitely check out. First and foremost, the love child of me, Shane, and Mark, aka the Rage Master, Zodiac Task Force. We have massive fun writing and producing all of these. Unfortunately, there won't be... Oh, yeah, acting as well. Unfortunately, there won't be one this month uh, due to some external factors uh, that I'll touch on a bit later. But um, 
Uh, there will be one next month as well as a short. We'll be dropping this Saturday. Uh, go check out Sci-Fi Malady. They're doing uh, MST3K uh, this month, which is basically jokester stuff. Uh, it's it's like a parody of a of a parody of a parody of a parody <laughs> of a parody of a parody. Of a parody. Um, it's it's super fun. Go check out Case of the Chills, which should be dropping sometime soon, as well as Case Closed is coming up uh, fairly fairly soon. I know. Um, Shane has sent me his his list of people. I'm getting excited. Mm-hmm. I've read them, reread them, <laughs> triple read them. Ooh. You know what? Quad read them. <laughs> Shane, can you write them on your quads so that I can yes. say I quad quad read them? Oh, yes. You... Sick. Uh, yeah. yeah. There's a joke in there somewhere, but I don't have it. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't either at this yeah. point. It is way too late in the night for me to be conscious and making funnies. Um, but uh, one other thing is that on June 27th on Apple Music, on Spotify, as well as Amazon Music and several other distribution platforms, uh, there will be a new album uh, written by, written, produced, and uh, sold, Performed. I guess you could say. Performed. performed by me yeah thank you performed by me matt rockstar uh it's called the raving lunatic keep an eye out for it uh, i've been working a very long time on this uh it has not only songs uh that you've already heard on sci-fi malady it has some cool new songs that i've written just for my personal self as well as uh there's one zodiac task force song and there's also a cold case chase slash case close song called killer (gasps) i see what you did there Mm mm-hmm you see what i did there Mm -hmm. i didn't but you did (laughs) (laughs) and i wrote it (laughs) that's sad (laughs) um but other than that keep an eye out on anything raving lunatic Join our Discord server. Think I already said that. And you go ahead and enjoy your day, and we'll see you next time on Cold Case Chase. Follow us on Instagram. Yeah, follow us on Instagram. Also, Shane, give us some imparting wisdom. Um, if you go to the fridge and your milk is spoiled, don't drink it. What if I'm lactose intolerant? Chug it as much as you can. Bye, guys.
The young blood. The young blood.